tall, small may sound like we are on some remote island with the waterfall going and the music. Under the moon somewhere in some tropical island. But no, we, we are, are at the Kenilworth Mall. Smack down in Towson, Maryland here with But Owen. we are with a celebrity. Owen and what is his middle name? We are with Owen Michael O'Donnell, Ooh. the celebrity makeup artist extraordinaire and a custom blend specialist for Giella Makeup which can be found at About Faces, where you can find Owen many days. And we were lucky we scheduled this interview two and a half years out. We were able to grab 10 minutes of your time, Owen, so thank you. We had to go through his agent, agent, <laughs> agent. I would give you all the time in the world, gladly, Aww. if I had it. So Owen, what's going on? Keith and I always talk about how body language is 70% of communication. There you are sitting up straighter, shoulders back, with your glasses on your head. Yes. And makeup is an extension of your body language. It can kill it or make it stand out. I would agree. I think Keith's his very own point today. Oh, but uh, in, all ser- no, in all seriousness, <laughs> I'll let him decide. Um, yeah, in all seriousness. I need a mirror. We, uh, a mirror? <laughs> we were doing uh, a story I was going to tell you about yesterday in another, we'll call it market. And um, the young lady was had just come from being an intern to stepping in into an actual marketing and PR job. And we had to reset some shots because she um, felt more comfortable with her heels on, which changed the height of the camera and uh, a different lip color. And uh, some people agreed, some were hesitant if it was just worth the time to redo the shot. And somebody stopped and said, you know, you're not going to have to do retakes if you redo the shot the way she wants. And they were absolutely right, and I couldn't agree more. And she, she's just said, as soon as I put my high heels on or have lipstick on, she said, my thoughts come out clearer. I'm, you know, quote-unquote on. And she said, you won't have to have me redo it if we do that. So, yes. So the key for our listeners is lipstick and heels change everything. Keep is power on. <laughs> it's true, though. If I go out somewhere in my bathrobe to take the recycling out on Friday morning. Yes, Your I Hugh take Hefner the recycling look, out. Actually. My Hugh Hefner look with my red long bathrobe. Really? And I run into anybody. Yes. I don't feel on or even alive until I have makeup on. But the real reason you wear that is not for anything but protecting yourself from the hair from the dog. This is true. <laughs> because if I go out of the house without putting that bathrobe on while I'm getting ready and doing the recycling, I will look like a St. Bernard. That's not a good makeup look. So what are, if I'm sorry, if I'm jumping ahead, what are, uh, when you have to run out of the house, I know you have um, a lot of experience getting ready in a hurry and probably could teach me a few things even. What are the, you know, two or three things you grab if you, if you know you're late, it's, it's just got to happen in the car or whatever situation. Um, that never what can you happens. Teach me? It never okay. happens in the car. Well, you, that's why I'm asking because you've fooled us so <laughs> well. On the train. Or on the train. I know you, you watch have a lot uh, of other people apply makeup. We do. Well, you have four I, children, you know, so you're a stronger I'm person than I am. Of my eyeballs. Yes. That's why I don't do makeup on the train or the car because I can't risk getting something in the eye. But I've learned from you, primer. If I could take any two pieces of makeup and that's all I get for the day, primer and lipstick. Do you ever think primer is almost like doing your prep work for a presentation the night before and um, getting to work five minutes early so you know even if something's waiting for you that's going to throw you off, you're sort of comfortable with it and ready to roll? That's brilliant. That's a brilliant analogy. We should do our marketing campaign. I feel like he's taken over the I podcast. I mean, I he's feel like hijacked we're it. we're the guests now. I, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's true, though. Primer for us, for public speaking, is three bullets. Writing out 
three key things, and that's all we do. We never write out the script. Do you script out what you're going to do for someone's face, or is it spontaneous? I have a two-part answer. I was going to ask you, did it take you a while to get there, or did you learn one day when you had that happen on a fluke and had to do something early and realized it went even better because you had to just deliver? I learned that when I was in news. And Keith probably has a different story. But when I was in news as a new reporter, I'd be at a murder case. And I'd be taking down all these notes and try to write out this intro. And then I couldn't read my writing for the live shot. And one day, court got out right before the live shot. And there was no time to think. Yes. And I felt like it never went as well. Right. It, it required no prep. I, w- I would agree with that. Oh, and I'm curious about clients. We'll change the topic for a minute. Oh, yes. I want to hear your that. story. I have one as well. We'll get back to that. But I'm curious (laughs) about clients that have come to you that really have a low sense of self-esteem. And the makeup has changed. And you watch them walk in to meet you, hunched over, looking down, hair in the front of their face because they're nervous. And then they come back a year later after learning your skill, after being trained by you. And you see a whole new person. What is that like for you, a personal feeling? That's extremely important to me. And it's a a good feeling. Um, I... I have to catch myself because I almost can go too far with it and find myself telling them they don't need anything and, you know, smile more and eat some vegetables and that kind of thing. So it is very important to me to see why they're harping on one feature that makes them feel uncomfortable, what it is, where that came from. If it sounds like a therapist, I mean, we, we, it's just like your hairdresser. We kind of are at times. And, um, because I think that is such a skill for me sometimes, uh, not only in doing makeup, but especially sometimes in makeup sales, I have to be careful not to sell myself out of nothing um, because I would be the first one to say everybody needs a few key things. Uh, but I also hate when somebody can't step back and look at the bigger picture, which does lead me into something I think that would relate to you guys. A lot of times when somebody is very upset about one wrinkle on their face, one large pore, um, two small lips, whatever their thing is that just sort of gets to them. I always try and get them to step back and look at a bigger mirror, whether it's of their whole face or of maybe their whole face and body. So it usually starts from somewhere else. So maybe they could stand up straighter and their dark circles aren't as apparent, believe it or not, the light hits your face a different way. But there is something to that. And then I think when you're not magnifying on that one thing, you really can see like nobody else is noticing it. But and and here's you know two things that will help that. But it it's kind of like a lot of people don't realize that yes, concealer helps with your dark circles. Yes, there's probably better concealers out there or better ways to apply it. You could learn, but something that helps almost as much is like a lighter blush color in the right area, right where the dark circles would hit your cheek, which makes you maybe look happier or better rested. Filling your brows in, that makes you look more focused and gets people to pay a set. Yeah, it draws it up, draws it away, gives your face more structure. You would be amazed what, um, it's not even just a mind over matter thing or, okay, I feel better now. I, I don't care about my dark circles. It really does make the rest look better. So I really try to look at a bigger picture and get them to see that. And then I have to catch myself and be like, okay, we still need to learn one or two things today. And you still need to buy one or two things that are going to, you know, let you do that at home. But uh, I definitely step back and try and look at the bigger picture. It 
it's very similar with public speaking because a lot of people come to us and they'll say, what do I need to fix? And we take the opposite approach. We magnify what's working for them and figure out how to tweak what's great. And then the other stuff tends to fall away. So that's why we have a great synergy with you, Owen, because we look at you do the whole mirror. We look at the whole person. Also looking at their childhood, their life experience, everything. Because that plays into the psychology how they feel when they communicate because communication and the fear of it's all about judgment. Everybody's judging you. And many people have really harsh judgment as a kid and they can't get over it because it's, it's brutal. It's the same thing I think people many times have been told they're ugly or they don't look good or this feature's bad and they just can't mentally get over it. And I think what you do is help them see that there's more than that, not just the feature, but there's more of who they are as a person. I agree. And I, um, I hope this analogy makes some sense in, because this is already a step over from what you're doing. But just like you might hear from someone that, okay, they're going to go give a speech and they're uncomfortable for whatever reason, even if it's a surface reason or you dig deeper and find out what's really eating away at them or making them shy. Let's say it's weight. Okay, fine. Somebody might suggest, uh, you know, a blazer with some structure makes your shoulders look stronger and then you feel more confident and it in turn makes your waist look smaller perhaps and and things like that, Mm -hmm. which is all true. I, a, I look at makeup the same way as far Mm -hmm. as balance. And I also connect the two and it's not even so much just from colors like, okay, red blazer, red lips that that's nice, but that's not really it. But I also look at it in a way of, I nothing to do with not wanting to insult the person. I would not tell that person this is where you could go find a tighter pair of spanks for that day. That's going to make you look thinner. Because that is also going to pinch your white waist tighter. And just like a bride that doesn't really fit in her wedding dress, you're not going to enjoy the day and relax. And you're going to walk I around would, looking yeah, like you're worried. You're going to take it off as soon as you're done. You're going to be annoyed. You're going to fool with it. Even if it sort of works, it looks skinnier. So I would, you know, this is, the, there's the blazer thing, or maybe there's a way to, maybe you should be getting a size bigger dress. I know nobody wants to hear that, but that might actually help. But I really do look at makeup or what you should choose the same way as that, which I think in turn turns over to what you're speaking of, if I'm, if I'm correct. And to your point, people are going to know you're uncomfortable more than if you've got the larger size. Yes. If you got the larger size, don't pay attention. But if you're playing around and visioning and your whole body's going to look frustrated, they're going to know something's going down. Yes. We see this every day when people get up to speak at a conference or a meeting. Men and women will make all these wardrobe adjustments, forgetting that all eyes are on them. And that's really the beginning of their presentation. And the and first thing they think is, this person's not comfortable or they're not put together. I used to do a lot of live theater. And I think that is, you can learn so many life skills from that. I think just like they say, maybe military service or being a waiter, which are not too far apart, really. <laughs> <laughs> one may be harder sure. than the other and I'll let you judge that uh, but I think everybody should have to do that at some point even if it's a goofy play or a musical or whatever um, but what I had to learn because I was not so nervous on stage but I really was very shy off stage and it would take me a lot to get there once I'm on I'm on but it, it, I used to be quite shy just jumping into stuff or like, I cannot imagine Owen shy for those I, who don't know Owen I was and I still can be sometimes you appear on TV segments all the time you are known as the expert in Baltimore on makeup. Thank you. Well, it came from that. and But what I learned was, okay, so if I was going to have a still photo taken, and I, I say of myself, not that mine is any better than anyone else's, but just let's use me as an example. It's fine to fidget with something, get it lined up just right. Okay, this is, I used to 
I wore, wore a tie every day for Catholic school. So that was always my example. Like, oh, God, is it tied right? And just like the Spanx analogy, I don't like stuff squeezing my neck. <laughs> but, you know, you're going to wear the tie. That was the uniform. So find a way to make it work. I would fool with it so much and like, oh, God, now that it looks right, it's too tight. You know, um, I found that's still fine for a photo if you want to do that and you're going to stand still and do the photo. Although it, you can still then look uncomfortable. But what I had to do when I was doing um, actual theater stuff, especially if it was something we were moving, dancing or whatever, I'm like, you get one try, look in the mirror, and after that, you, I would just tell myself as a rule, you're not touching it. If it's lopsided or whatever, you've got to forget about that and move on. Like, something you got to keep on going. Even we watch play, someone loses a shoe, there's a malfunction or anything, you got to keep going. Yeah. Most of the time, the audience has no clue. Right. And, and they're I, never noticing it. And I think it ties back if there's a makeup tip or something, just like you say with the primer or maybe even foundation. If you have that right or do that part at home, knowing you're going to have to throw your lipstick on in the office bathroom and uh, an extra coat of eyeliner when you leave the office for the, the party or whatever, um, or to go to the other office. Who knows? It's 2020. It could be anything. Um, it really, if you get those couple basic things right, just like having those three points that you need to cover before your newscast is over, you can you can handle the rest. Like you have more skills than you realize. What so. are the biggest mistakes that people make with makeup and don't realize it? Uh, the wrong color foundation, which we specialize in getting the right one. <laughs> we don't specialize in the wrong color foundation usually. Um, too much focus on what they don't like and not enough on maybe playing up their good features. For example, I'll find people with really short lashes that won't wear mascara. You're the person that needs to spend extra time on your mascara. If you can handle it. Like I don't, if you really don't want to, but they'll just give up. And I'm like, no, you should find ways to play up your eyes, not just skip it and wear a bright lipstick. Unless that's really what makes you happy. Um, and then not updating it. And I, I don't think you have to be trendy, but I think you should, pay attention to what's going on in the world. And um, I also use it when you look at every month or so, you know, People Magazine or one of those will have one of those like um, pictures of like a celebrity aging. And it's kind of funny because you always see the picture from the 80s and then the 90s or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it, in many of them, when it's meant to be a positive spin, although they can sort of spin it how they want, the newer picture looks better. And it's like, God, they look better at 60 than they did at 30. It's true. And I realized, you know, there could be plastic surgery or whatever. Many times it's just like that, that, you know, that eighties dry chalky foundation in the wrong color and too stiff hair and, you know, neon clothes that didn't fit right or whatever. It made you look old. So yes, of course, Cher's had a facelift, but she looks better now most of the time than a lot of in between photos because it, it, she's current and, you know, wears softer makeup that looks better over some wrinkles yeah, or that, that sort of thing. Maybe Cher's not the best example. But, but I've always <laughs> thought the same thing. I thought the current picture, why did they look so bad? And did people like that back then? But you're right. It wasn't match right. And it's through, I think, the wisdom and better stylists where and people the can offer advice. The technology has made it better because that's a great point. It's across all things. Even Which, homes or cars, you always think, but who came up with that design? Right. But it was more of a one-size-fits-all, yeah. which leads us yes. to what you're doing. Yes, the, the custom, custom bit is... What do you like about that? A lot of people might be terrified to go do that because they have that one color they love and they know where they can get it. I have to tell you, I almost fought it for a while because I always thought it was really neat. But as I saw so many new products coming out, 
um, and, you know, a greater option of foundation shades and all. I always thought, well, why does anybody have to do that at this point? Uh, but I feel like it makes them feel special. I feel like there are still things that aren't on the market or people don't know where to find them or they want somebody to handle that for them and take the worry away or someone they trust or to build a relationship with. And uh, plus, you know, in our case, we have more natural ingredients and different options like that. But uh, I think it makes it fun for them, too. And I think it gives when things go the way I would want them to or there's time, it gives them the power to decide that for themselves. So while it's great that there's 40 shades of foundation now instead of four Maybe those 40 still aren't what they want and they want it to also smell like bubble gum and <laughs> the, you know, the 40 shades, they wanted theirs to be mattifying and the mattifying company still hasn't made their 40 shades and different little things like that go a long way. And uh, also I think part of the reason people are buying stuff more at spas now and specialty stores and you see some department stores struggling and things like that, um, for the most part, uh, people like that atmosphere better or don't feel pushed or want to feel cared for just like you might get a facial or something like that. And, uh, I think it just sort of vibes better, even if it feels like a backtrack kind of thing, just like what's old is new or going back to more one-on-one -on -one care and things like that. Uh, people appreciate that. Because social media and everything else is isolated. Loneliness and isolation has become one of the biggest issues in America spas where so you can connect with somebody is a perfect place to recoup them and you can share with them right. your insecurities in a way that you might not feel comfortable telling your friends because they might judge you but here are people you don't see every day and it's also like the third wheel concept people always said yeah home work and you need a third place it's like coffee shops and starbucks a third place to go in the 50s and 60s maybe bowling alleys or clubs but i think the spa has become that third place where you can share and connect but it's off the media and we have we have coffee, wine, tea, and a social media person up there. So what I mean, really, what more would you need? And custom, and custom makeup. So, and there's different choices of tea, and there are two kinds of wine. I mean, honestly, you can't we go are, too wrong. We're keep winter appointments coming up soon. If we want to get in contact with you, if people are interested in talking with you further, because we know they will. Thank you. So we are tying up a few loose ends with website things and such. Um, in general, I am there every Tuesday, 11 to 5. We are hoping to add more hours. And while we have a fabulous front desk staff, I'm perfectly happy if you call 410-236-4427 or send me a inbox message from the uh, podcast site, and that is okay. Excellent. And uh, I just wanted to point out, I brought you guys some free uh, samples from the promotion we're doing. So uh, you'll, you can let me know what you think of them once you try them. But all of our stuff does have a uh, special quartz mineral in it that goes in all the products as opposed to just a lip gloss or just a powder that changes the way light hits your face. And that is a big thing for looking younger, looking more hydrated, looking better in pictures and so on. But if you've, in fact, we even have a product called Light Switch. But it literally, not only does it just turn your light on as far as like, okay, I'm, I'm presenting now. It's my day. It's my birthday. It's my whatever. Um, it, it almost just kind of changes people's perspective instantly or it's about not covering up a wrinkle or this or that. It sort of blurs it or works with how people perceive it. So I think there's something to be said for that and the connection in um, 
you know, turning on your confidence light or something right, like that. Right, giving people a different lens through yes. which they can begin to view themselves and get, instead of getting stuck in those old views. A new view, a new window, a new you with Owen. Thank you, Owen, Thank today. You. Thank appreciate you. your time. We'll get another one in another, what, two to three years. We appreciate it. We'll get on the calendar now. <laughs>